Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't really need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 charger. <laughs> How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safely. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> you know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. Why are we breaking the Rocky? Because it's been like four years. Who would have thought? What does that have to do with Rocky? It's like going twelve rounds. Well, it's like we're really old and we keep doing the same old crap over and over again. What? It's just like Rocky. You should have finished after the first one, but you couldn't stop. But we keep going, and it's the eighth iteration of this show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for talking Tesla. It's one fifty-one. It's a big show. It's for everybody. It's not a Patreon show, although we love the Patreon. It's a big show. It's not a daily show. It's a big show with Tom, Robert, and Mel. It's a big show. <laughs> and if you're confused by what that means, join the club. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big show. I get a comment from the same person every week about after you combine the shows to like reverse the com- combination of the shows because it's too confusing in the feed. I'm like, so is your scrolling finger broken, buddy? Oh like, what God. is wrong with you? Dissing you know listeners. who I'm talking to. You know who I'm talking to. He's a friend of mine. It's okay. He understands. I'm just saying. this. Oh. We need every listener we've got, Tom. Don't piss him off. Oh, don't worry about it. He's not a, he's not a big fan. He's not really. <laughs> He's never never put any money in Patreon. Oh no, that's not going to happen. Uh, he got dude. rid of an electric car and bought a non-electric car. What a douche! What? Mm-hmm. Although people would say that's anti-douche. That's anti-douche? Because buying yeah. an electric car is because a driving a Tesla is a douche move. It is not. You I can't hear say that. douche on this podcast. <laughs> we have to take all that out. No. Why? That's one of the seven uh, words you can't say. No, it's not one of those seven. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> yes, I hear that all the time. Oh, you drive a Tesla. You should park your car around the corner. Don't show people you drive a Tesla. I was like, what? Everybody has a Tesla. It's California. No. I guess there's Not a everybody. lot of- everybody. Settle there, down. There is like so many different factions of Tesla, anti-Teslaism, that it almost needs to become sort of a um, protected- Like species? I don't know. A protect- don't, don't say it. Please don't say it. Please don't go there. <laughs> Please don't. Why do, there's give me all the, kinds of... Give me the no. categories of people that don't like Teslas. I know that there's sort of the coal-burning, fossil fuel-loving, big truck-driving, don't know why they well, hate an American okay. car company that has American jobs people. This will be there's fun. that group. Okay. So who else? We could go people who like small government and don't enjoy the subsidies. Um, the fossil fuel industry gets way more subsidies than the electric car well, industry. You, Thank you very much. Why are you, yelling at, why are you no. yelling at me? Go on. Uh, you asked the question. This, it's a rhetorical kind of conversation. It's a rhetorical oh, conversation. Continue. Okay, yeah. please, Robert. How about, how about the people who think that people who drive Teslas are a bunch of show-offs who drive too fast, drive recklessly, drive super recklessly on autopilot, which is obviously not safe because it beheaded okay, two people. Okay, that one's true. 
<laughs> people who hate Tesla drivers because they're so entitled. They get their sticker for the carpooling and they get to park in better spots. Okay, that's true. <laughs> but that's true of all EVs. That's not just Tesla. Oh, really? So you've heard a lot of people out there being like, oh, look at that guy in his Volt. That yeah, jerk but that's in his what Volt. I'm saying. It doesn't you happen. can't use that last excuse because the Volt guy's got a sticker. They're not sticker haters. They're just Tesla haters. Just saying. Right. Well, they think like if you can afford a Tesla, you don't right. need a sticker. Obviously. You don't need this and you don't need that. And But you know, the Tesla's now like the Model 3s are like the same price as a Camry. They are. Okay. That's just not right. It's true. No, it's not. They're 49000 <laughs> If you load. If, no, you, you can get a, a Tesla for 35 30 okay. 40 Seriously. and Camry loaded up is the like, same. Not like a Honda real. Accord. Not like a real Tesla. You can't it's, get a real Model 3. Are you saying 3? that a low-range Tesla is not a real Tesla? Okay. It, How uh, dare you? Uh, uh, How Do you have a $35,000 Tesla no, in your you driveway? Did in one of those. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> so what do you don't get? What do you not get when you get a $35,000 Tesla? Uh, range and uh, autopilot. Okay, no, what, no, that's not true. The... They get autopilot now. No, they do not. Yes, they do. It's standard. That's not autopilot. <laughs> standard. No, everything. it's like that's the TACC or whatever, right? It's like that very low level. It doesn't it? do any of the it things. It doesn't do any of the things. No, not the things that you want it to do. It doesn't it's give absurd. you the I'm sitting in the back seat and taking a nap kind of thing. Hey Google, what is the price of a Honda Accord? From $23,720. What was that? What was that, Mel? $23,000. From, from. Okay, from. right. Hey, so f- Google. <laughs> hey, Google. What's the price of a fully loaded Honda Accord? On the website cars.usnews.com, they say, the 2019 Honda Accord's $23,720 base price is about average for the class. The Midrange Sport X and XL trims cost $26,180, $27,620, and $30,120, respectively. $5,000 less. less. But now let's add the uh, federal and state uh, rebates and then the cost over five years, and it turns out the Model 3 is cheaper than that. Oh, now we're going cost over five years. So now the cost over five (laughs) years, now that's an important number for you, right? Not for me, but for people that are buying a car. It might be a little bit more upfront, but over time it's going to be less. But you have to teach that to people, and that is such a paradigm shift. Mm -hmm. They just don't get When I start to defend myself or explain how... After you've just accelerated rapidly through the traffic on the 101? Yes, go on. Or potentially flipped your car and caused a traffic accident on the 101? OMG. And so when I try to explain these things in a setting where I'm not driving uh-huh. and I'm, I'm next to somebody who says, oh, you drive a Tesla. Do they say it like that? Yeah. Do you hang out in country clubs? What's that like? I'm like, well, you sit in the seat, you grab this round thing in front you of you called a steering that, wheel, you? and you press with your feet on these two pedals just like your effing car. So if you say it like that, you are a douche. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and, they, and they go back to their friends and they go, yeah, they are douches. They, I'm they so really are. sick of these people who are persistently negative And it's like, hey, 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 we're in the room. (laughs) (laughs) We're in the room. The room. The room of requirements. In this room. Yes. We're persistently negative. We're persistently negative. We hear that a lot about Tesla. No, No, I'm not like like these encounters that I have. No, I know. But it's like, you know, as soon as you start making a few statements, you can see the glaze in the eyes. Uh And like people just do not give an F. They don't because... 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know that people don't give an F. I think there is a lot of uncertainty around the brand right now. You'd have to agree with that. I'd say fear as well. Fear and uncertainty. And, and, and even doubt. Fear, fear uncertainty, uncertainty and, and doubt. doubt. <laughs> wow. It's like an anachronism. That's or my something. rock band. <laughs> I got a rock band and I call it Fear, Uncertainty and Doubt. Isn't that a – that's FUD. That is FUD, Exactly. <laughs> Oh my um, God. I like the energy of the beginning of this show. Oh, it's so good. Now, you wanted to uh, have a small criticism about something I said on Elon Dell. You yeah, want to get that out of the way so, up front here? And, and there's some letters that address this, but here's the deal. Where do, where do we live? Where do we live? Southern California? Southern uh, California? I believe so. What yes. are some of the – what is the main resource limitation of our region, would you say, over the last few or few years? Asphalt. Uh, parking space, uh, housing, uh, natural resource limitation. You morons! Water. water. Oh, oh, excellent, excellent. Okay, yeah, water. On. That water. is that okay. is correct. Okay, like so Mel, Mel, yes, has a lovely home yes. in 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 Woodland Hills and has solar panels and all of this stuff. And recently, he had an Elon Daily in which he lovingly and nicely purchased an electric lawn mower that was very cool for his uh gardener to use at his home and other homes nice now but really yes really what he should do is not have an effing lawn in southern california how do you play golf okay we're not talking about golf courses. They that's probably shouldn't be here either. But a lot of the local municipal courses use reclaimed water. So okay, play on uh, those. Tom, no problem. I go outside and urinate on the lawn. Okay. <laughs> right. So I do not have a front lawn, that's and my front got... yard is lovely. I do not have a back lawn, and it is a hole because it's just dead grass <laughs> back there. But I refuse to water it, and I haven't watered it for four years. So to me, that's the bigger environmental thing you could do is to. Tell people in this region to not have There's lawns. Always somebody. It's always a like, hater. When I'm, I'm sitting not a at hater. The, I'm just giving a when I'm sitting dose at the bar, of reality. They're like, "Oh, great! You're driving an electric car. Isn't that wonderful? Thanks for all the coal-fired power plants running your car." And I was like, Ooh. Uh, "Yeah, please. all right. Good point, Tom." Again, I appreciate. I the should effort. tell my gardener now. Take that lawnmower and put it on the lowest level and just rip that thing up and get rid of it. I have thought about that uh, quite a bit, and I would like to get rid of it because it is a bit of a waste of water. If you walk around, and so, and and before uh, I came to you with this information and this what seems to be an attack on you, which it is not. It's an attack on uh, <laughs> basic, you know, privileges. It is not an attack on you. You drive around this neighborhood that these studios are located in, and there are a lot of people starting to do Xeriscape and no lawn front yards, and some of them. Look very lovely. You like flowers. Drive by my house. It's all California native. So once they're established, they won't need any watering. They're in full bloom right now. Butterflies. It's like an environmental wonderland in my front yard. And we need to support the monarchs. You know, they're getting right. pretty wasted exactly. by all of the, the fertilizer and the anti-weed right. spray going mm-hmm. on in the Midwest. So you could do your front yard. You could start there because you, oh, you, you don't play on your front yard. No. And you too can many make cows it lovely. Flying through there. There's some local places that specialize just in California 
native plants. So you could do sages and it would, you live on the border of the Santa Monica mountains. So you could have all the plants that are in the Santa Monica mountains in your front yard. It would look very natural. I well, I just That's think nice. the, the feedback there, Tom, should be a little bit more positive. Hey, great idea about the lawnmower. It was and the positive. Did I not start and with the that? the next level yes. is now why don't you get rid of the grass? You know, I, I think that's exactly what I just did. Ruffled, exactly. <laughs> ruffled feathers. Oh, let me I'm give him a, a hug. I'm going to give him a hug. Get away from me. <laughs> no go, means buddy. no, Tom. Oh, no means no. Yeah, He's touching me. It's gross. So strong and muscular. Oh, He's a compact <laughs> little He's a compact he little Like a little spark plug. Just put him in your pocket. I'm not that small. I couldn't possibly fit in your pocket unless it was very big. Uh, it's back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. What? Uh, well, according to this article from Tesla Radio and somebody who put it in there, probably Robert, S and X inventory now get free unlimited su- supercharging. Is that true? Also it's true. Charging. It just happened yesterday at the end of May. Now that the um, referral program that gave you 5,000 miles of supercharging has ended. <gasps> right? Upsetting. How many, how many referrals did we garner? Let's not talk I about it. I got two. Oh, my God. I got one. I got two. Although, because I am a, because of the way my account is set up, I don't get those supercharging. Right. Because my th- Model S already has unlimited supercharging, so I got 10 entries Doubles. into the Y. Right, right. But I think I'd rather have the 5,000 uh, L miles on the three, even though. Hmm, oh, yeah. My I don't app, need I'm looking a at my app, it's changed. You and anyone using your referral code to buy a Tesla will receive 1,000 free supercharger miles. It used to be yesterday. 5,000. Yeah, it ended. Upsetting. There was a date. Upsetting. But I have a couple of miles in the bank, so that's all right. All right, so uh, if I buy what kind of an S or X am I going to get this free supercharging? I'll say it in an Australian accent. It's inventory. Inventory. Inventory cars. What is an inventory car? Could you please explain? Cars you can get today. Those are the cars on the Tesla.com website that they're selling that have been built already, so they're already configured, and they've either been used at the service centers, they've been used in um, test drives, or they've just been sitting around waiting to be sold because someone... Didn't want mind. that one, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's and all the used cars on the website. All the mo- the cars you could have thirty thousand miles. It could have fifty miles. And I went looking through it, mm-hmm. and it was very interesting because I was like, "Oh, what's this one? A P one hundred, a one hundred, a ninety, a what?" And they just say long uh, long range. They don't even list now on their website the kilowattage oh, of the S or X. Uh, batteries, which I thought was really interesting. And so it's becoming, it feels like it's becoming more of a car company. The Twitter Twitter verse really was not happy about this. I don't know if you guys understand. Uh, What was the Twitter verse? Right. These are the folks who probably didn't get unlimited supercharging. It's a little bit mixed, right? So there was definitely a guy who was like, what about me? I just bought a car three months ago. Like, and the response from the Twitter verse on that one was welcome to the Tesla family, which I thought was pretty good. And then there was a lot of people retweeting uh, old Elon messages that was, we'll see what we can do, really need to bring this program to an end while being as fair as possible. It's not sustainable in the long term. So that person was like, if it's sustainable and demand is like crazy high, why bring it back? And then there was there's a funny like Tesla customer service Twitter feed that says, we figured we can cap unlimited supercharging at 80%. If we can do that, we can reduce it to 50% or whatever we need to to make sure it isn't used. <laughs> so like a lot of funny things are going on. Um, another one was basically like, I thought Musk thought, uh, called this Tesla financial 
financially unsustainable. And there was a tweet on September 16, 2018. Sorry, it's not sustainable at volume production and doesn't incent optimal behavior. We probably should have ended it early. So there's a lot of what we see is like inconsistencies in the message from especially from Elon specifically. Well, you know, what's one good thing is they didn't change the price today <laughs> this week I, it's interesting it's, that it, i was going to say that it would actually make if i was running tesla and probably i will one day because strobel's leaving um we'll get to that um mm. that's fake news uh what? if i was running <laughs> tesla i think i'd make supercharging free for everybody i'd do the math i'd add it to the price of the cars because that is such a powerful incentive to get a um, Tesla. But then there's the one thing that he says there. It does incentivize people to just use supercharging all the time if they've got free supercharging. It's not good for the battery. Right. It's not good for the network. So I think it is actually better that you pay for it. Although now that we have the ability to sort of – the the ability to kind of control the usage at the superchargers where like if you go over 80%, they'll charge you some money, which you talked about in one of and your shows. And then the next day they stop charging you money. And then they don't charge you the money for that. But well, well, whatever. But they could, yeah. they could give you unlimited supercharging, you know, up to a point, which I know isn't really unlimited supercharging, but it may be sort of a because balance. limited supercharging. <laughs> there you go. Why not limited supercharging? There you go. Limited. I don't think you get 400 miles or something like that. I, I think it does promote bad behavior. I think I pushed back upon this when you, Tom, brought this up a couple of years ago. But at, at the, in the reality is not everybody has a charging apparatus at home. No. And now that more and more people who are in the range of buying a Model 3 uh, who may live in apartments or condos, places where you don't have access. I know China, that was a big deal in China. Uh, that the superchargers play a very important role. But I think that it would be reasonable to have more of the destination chargers installed in public places that are convenient. In other words, maybe even on the street or in, you know, offer them to the apartment buildings and the condos. It's just so... So that's a good point because, like, in Colorado, mm-hmm. I was reading this thing called Rev West, which is this intermountain state electric vehicle policy thing that we're going to talk about in depth probably in the next show. Um, and Colorado has a thing where you cannot prohibit – if you own a multifamily dwelling, apartment building, condo, townhouse situation, you have to make it possible for owners – to put in their own electric vehicle charging stations. You can't say you can't just blatantly say no, you can't do it. If they're willing to pay the cost and make it happen, then you you have to kind of allow that to happen. Sounds like we should have like a political write-in campaign crafted around this story that you are crafting. Yeah. Because in California that's huge. Yeah, it would be and massive. Condos are and there should be a fund. There should be some sort of a maybe even a state fund coming from gasoline tax how about the volkswagen fund the volkswagen fund or a carbon tax fund divert some of that money so that it could be somewhat subsidized so it's not you know they said in a couple of uh, instances when i've talked to folks who live in condos that to get an electric charger to enough cars in other words you put in one you're gonna have a bunch of people upset you know you need like six or ten that they would have to bore through concrete and they would have to you know bring in new power lines and that it was going to cost something like twenty thousand dollars to put in like 10 chargers which is a lot of money but states can incentivize it and and you know like co-ops can get together and do it you know together as part of you know they pay 
for you know mowing the lawn and they pay for their pool maintenance in their in their buildings and stuff like that as part of their HOAs. So why couldn't you just add a twenty five dollar EV HOA fee for two or three years to get that money back? But do do they do electric lawnmowers? I don't know. Okay. So uh, in California, there is a law that passed that says every new housing construction starting in twenty twenty has to have solar panels on it. It's apparently pretty vague because I was just talking to a solar installer who's coming to put some batteries and stuff on uh, a house. And they said it's really confusing because they didn't really stipulate like how much and all of this other stuff. But it should also be – I wonder if there is a thing for multi-person dwellings like apartment buildings. That would be cool. And you have to put in X percent of the parking spaces should have EV charges. That would be interesting because I can see – Retrofitting is expensive, but while you're building it, just trench in there, put the little uh, electricity in. And I thought that the solar panel thing wasn't necessarily they had to put panels on, but they had to pre-wire the roofs to accept them. Well, it's for a long time, maybe for a couple of years, you've had any new construction has to be pre-wired for an EV charger. But my understanding was that this, you have to put on solar. We'll get back to you in one of the shows next week about what that actually says. And I believe that... um, all apartment buildings that are now built in at least Los Angeles have to have an electric car charger installed or be ready to have one installed, like plug right. it in. Yeah. Yeah, on. that one has been for a while. And again, but, I don't know if that's California or uh, or um, statewide because my electrician said the same thing. I'm putting in the ability to charge cars in every new construction that I do now. And my thing is like now you don't even need to buy a charger, right? So at the office, we our charger blew out. And so I was like looking around and I didn't want to put another three or $400 into a charger. So I just had a dryer plug installed outside in a box. It's a Nemo, what is it, 1540? 1450. 1450. Nemo 1450. Nemo 1450. The Tesla Model 3 Outlet, I think, is what the the breaker is for that one, but it charges to thirty amps, and I can get twenty five miles an hour on that thing, which is great. Uh, you know, if you have six of them in a building overnight, and they're so you you get rid of not having to buy six four hundred dollar chargers, so that's a savings. Those little boxes are probably twenty bucks each, especially if the companies are buying them in volume, and you just have to run an extra breaker. So there shouldn't be this barrier right. that everybody feels like you need the charger you need the charger if you have the cable and my box has a little hole in the side of it so you can put a padlock in it so it kind of locks your cable so people can't necessarily steal your cable although they could because they could just they could steal all the cable just not yeah. the adapter it's interesting that i did that uh with uh, the model three so in the house i'm like uh I've got to get another charger, but I don't want to buy a charger. I did exactly the same thing. Yeah. So the electrician just put out one of those things, and I just used the it's Tesla great. thing, and I leave it out there. Yeah, it's just so it's not as fast as my Tesla chargers at yeah, it's home. it's like 25, 30 miles an hour, but it's which is plenty. perfectly fine. Yeah. yeah. And I've got a friend who just got a Model 3, and they're like, well, should I get a charger? I'm like, well, what's your use case? And they're like, well, I don't drive that much. And I said, well, uh, if you just plug it into the wall outlet with a Model 3, you're going to get four, sometimes five miles an hour just out of the... 120 volt, yeah. you know, standard wall outlet. And they're like, oh, that's plenty because that's like 50 miles, 40 miles overnight. That's more than I need. It's just part of that FUD, the fear. Oh, I'm not going to have enough range. What if? What if? What if? What if tomorrow I have to yeah. drive to Big Sur? What well, if? that's when you go to a supercharger, you come over to the studio and you use the, the one here. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. But I would also say like, you know, it's not an 
if you're putting in a plug, uh, if you're going to have that plug put in somewhere, it's going to be outside maybe. It's going to have to be waterproof. If you're going through that expense, anyways, just bump it up a little bit. Get the 25. And that way, if you happen to have a day where you're driving a little more and you have, and you, you know, you maybe you're at the, uh, at the bottom end of your thing and you need to be home for an hour to get 50 miles or two, mi- or, you know, 25, 30 miles, right. like, just have it available. It's not, it shouldn't be, a barrier, honestly, as long as you have room in your panel. That's the key. Because right? that's in this situation, that's the key. Like, I think if we put in a 40 amp breaker there, then I might have to upgrade the whole panel for like $600. Yeah. Right. That so gets to be expensive. So, I mean, not to upgrade the panel, but if you have the space or, or can do a sub panel in some cases, people can do that sort of thing. It's worth it to just bump it up. A Another little. good thing about the solar install that's coming over. Um, I said, uh, I want to put some batteries in too. And they're like, oh, we can get those now. I'm like, what? It's like, yeah, Tesla called us. And they're a big installer here in Los Angeles and said, uh, the waiting period is now one month. It used to be call us in a year. And now they're like, oh, how many do you want? We'll get them for you next month. (laughs) Hello. Where's my phone call? Tesla and Panasonic kind of like slapping each other, going faster, going, let's go faster. Let's go, you know. Mm. So maybe, maybe Elon's leaking some of these stories about Panasonic being messed up. To push them. So, when are you getting your free one? That's a good point. That's what I don't know. That's I'm just Me waiting, too. just waiting, just Me waiting, too. just waiting. Uh, yeah. So uh, did we get through this unlimited supercharging yeah, story? Yeah, I was going to say that unlimited supercharging now is even better Why? than when we got it. Why? Because now you can get 150 kilowatt and preconditioning in route. Right, so, but if you had free unlimited supercharging before, you now get that yeah, as well. Yeah, but now free unlimited supercharging is so much more. Hey, it was. Uh, well, there's going to be a competition. I don't know if I said this before, but the competition is, remember back in the day, back in the old days, back way back times, where we said, send us a picture if you get to 120 kilowatts because we never saw it, and then somebody did it, and we are giving you a prize. We probably didn't send it to you because we rarely do. <laughs> but let's do it again. My record, see if anybody can beat this and send us a picture of your app with the kilowatts, is 135, Madonna in. 135 kilowatts, if you can beat that, Send in a little picture, and we'll see how close we can get to the theoretical 150. How long were you at 135? Just out of curiosity. Very short time, like less than uh, five minutes, probably even like three minutes. Went mm. 135, 134, but then 10 minutes later, it was still over 120. So I'm like, oh, look, I'm still What was your right. SOC when you plugged in? I had 40-ish miles on it. Oh, Left. Wow. So that's low. So pretty low. And so you preconditioned perfect. on your way in? Well, this is what I don't know. I don't know if it's preconditioning. So I put Santa Cruz because I'm going to get the boy. And then it said stop at the Madonna Inn and charge. So I did. So I'm assuming that yeah. I did that. But I wish it would like say, boom, we are currently brought to you preconditioning. Or what I would also like to do is sometimes I'm like, I don't want to go to that supercharger because it's full. and want to go to this supercharger. And I'd put that on the nav. If that's the destination, does it? Does it precondition because you want to charge fast and go, or does it not? It doesn't tell you. So right. I would like it to tell me I'm preconditioning, and if it's not, I can say, "Could you?" Did you happen to see like more of a range decrease, like in that time frame, than you would have had you not had that as a I destination? Know, nothing. It was exactly mm. what it said it would be. Interesting. But hey, uh, Tesla, is this thing on? Tell us if we're preconditioning because I'd like to know. That'd be cool. I have a feeling they're just kind of dumbing everything down. Because there's so many things that I want to know that the car is doing. It's like I was thinking, should they make one of these options in the settings? I don't want to know anything. I want to know a little bit. Or I want to know everything. Like, throw the code at me as I'm driving. <laughs> the Matrix. But, <laughs> yeah. I wonder and, if I, Lab does that. Uh, I don't know. But there's two, like, Tesla stat, test stats and test lab. Um, he's actually local, yeah. test lab. Anyway. Um, should have him on the show. Yeah, we could have him on the show. 
We could have Elon on the show. Oh, wait, no. Someone else has done that. I was going to say that they probably are listening more to the legal department. Like, do not distract the drivers. Right. Don't do all this cool stuff that us, you know, kind of long-term or really uh, sick Sick with Tesla people, mm-hmm. drivers. Don't don't give us what we want because we'll be so distracted. We'll crash our cars and somebody will blame Tesla. Because why not blame Tesla? Blame Tesla for everything. I know I do. Yeah. Let's talk about China. They got this gigafactory. They're building it ridiculously fast. And on Friday... I thought the, it's done. No. The, the outside's done. The shell is done. On Friday... There was supposed to be the secret reveal. So the first question I have, was the secret reveal simply that they were doing pre-sales? Was there anything else? No, they just announced it, that Model 3 is being sold in China. You okay. can buy one. I thought that... Unless see, the China. server crashed while you were trying to buy one. Everybody thought that they were going to have some sort of special different type of Model 3. So they started the uh, pre-sales, and it turns out that it was a little bit more expensive than some people were thinking about, the equivalent of 47500 which is 328000 um, Yuan. Yuan. Y- Yuan. 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 Yuan is how the Chinese currency is pronounced. Yuan. Yuan? I thought it was Yuan. Or yeah. renminbi. That's, that's incorrect. Okay. Anyway, there was so much interest that they crashed the site. Like, everybody was going on there. Yeah, but what does that mean? Well, they had three people on there and they could only take two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, it's No good. numbers were announced, right? Like, it was, when the Model 3 was announced here, it was like, 400,000 orders the next day. We're not hearing any of that. Are we? I wonder. Not yet. But you know what? In the earnings call that comes up, somebody will be able to, I think I could, if I understood math better, calculate from their deposits and the, the items on their balance sheet how many reservations that was. You could, yeah. Now. Apparently, and this is all just, this is from Electric, that uh, Tesla as a brand is very popular in China. What? And in fact, there was a quote there that somebody put in that uh, we can read. Oh, it's so funny. It's on the Tesla... I'm sorry, it's on the Chinese version of Twitter, WeChat, and it's all in Chinese. I couldn't really read it, uh, kind of because it's Chinese to me, <laughs> but it translates to, there are only two types of cars in the world. One is called Tesla, and the other is called... The other. <laughs> so you either have a Tesla, or you have another car. Yeah, and that's it. You know, it's like that's the whole. I like that, that's a great quote. I like that binary type of decision because mm-hmm. for me, yesterday I was driving a big truck, like moving some things, mm-hmm. and I can't tell you how nervous I was in this big, this big truck with brakes that felt really different, and it didn't drive very. It wasn't tight at all. It's just like it's a truck, dude. <laughs> I understand, but if it was a Tesla truck, I have a feeling it would be very much more like my Tesla with regenerative braking and feeling tighter. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we'll see that uh, maybe uh, China is going to drive demand. I mean, this is now the biggest market for cars of any type and certainly the biggest EV car market. So uh, maybe this is going to push Tesla over the top and they're going to make a trillion dollars. Right. But so you asked the question when you posted this, which is basically the car is $7,000 less expensive than the imported U.S. manufactured version. Right. And according to this article, they're still going to be making the highest end one in Fremont for import into China, at least probably in the short term, I would imagine, but right. but maybe not in the long term. So it's $7,000 less than the one you could import, but it's $7,600 more than if you bought that comparable car in the States. And somebody asks, why? 
Money, money, money. <laughs> because you think that's they why? Can. Money. Because they can. Because they're not building it in a tent. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all you no, got. No, I thought yeah. that that's part of the reason that people in China were upset. Like, why is it so expensive? It should be like you know seven grand less. Yeah. Not less than what you would pay for the American version, but fourteen thousand less. Yeah. Than what you would, you would pay for the American version, and maybe imagine what the orders would have been then. So now the question is: Let's see. So it's currently June first. It's mm-hmm. a Saturday. Yeah. How many? Should I say weeks, days, or hours until Tesla changes the price of the car in China? <laughs> oh, it, it's just – actually, it's occurring right now. <laughs> they said they'll yeah. start delivering in six to ten months. But I'm going to make a prediction here. And you heard it here first on Talking Tesla. Here's the or, prediction. Or on other sites. Uh, they're going to actually roll off the first ones off this line well before that because the speed at which they are producing their uh, creating this um, gigafactory is so much faster than even Elon predicted. I'm going to say in four months, the first one's going to come off the Chinese line. How's that? How's that? I think he's crazy. <laughs> I, I, I feel very confident that it's going to happen before the holiday season. Which holiday season? Which, Our holiday season? Yeah. I'm like, if you're in China and you're going to buy a car, I think that they do buy a lot of cars before the new year. Because it's an auspicious time of the year. And they may make three cars. In November. <laughs> and it's well, going to be six a months. November splash. would be six hey, months. Google. Yes. I can't reach the internet right now. Check your modem or router connection and play it. Hey, Google. I can't reach the internet right now. Check your modem or router connection Let's see how many again. times he does it. That's upsetting. I was going to ask when Chinese New Year is. Mm. Hey, Google. I can't reach the <laughs> it's still not working. We are having technical difficulties. We got to stop the show. Forget Schmeck, it. Sorry, sorry, nation. Hey Siri, when is Chinese New Year? Chinese New Year is on Saturday, January twenty fifth, two thousand twenty. Got some time. So they're going to do it before Chinese New Year for sure. But I'm saying four months. I'm saying it, and if I'm saying it, it's got to be something that I've said. <laughs> Uh, it's so let's exciting. Talk, let's so talk exciting. about autonomous driving. I'm going to raise this question to you. I had it on the Neon Daily. When we get updates, so I just got an update in the Model 3, and mm-hmm. it was like uh, it's the visualizations and a couple of other little things. Are those good? They're really good in the 3. I haven't gotten any of that yet. Really good in the 3. I was saying, if you listen to the show, and apparently you don't. I listened to that one thing about your lawn. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> but the visualizations in the S and the X are just in the binnacle display, and it's not that interesting. Oh, it's okay. But on the 3... It's really cool. The car gets big. The car gets small. And yeah. It's really cool. But the question I have is when you get these type of upgrades, are you also getting updates to the autonomous driving stuff? Is the neural net being updated every single time they do that? Do they have to tell you that? Because it feels like the Model 3 autonomous driving is better than it's ever been. Well, I think there's a degree of learning that takes place within each individual car. That's why you can't turn on autopilot at the very beginning when you pick up your car. You need 50 miles to 500 miles. It sort of varies, and I've seen a number of different, like it kicks in at 250. But the bottom line is I think that the whole system is learning constantly. So they can send out maybe not updates, but packets of information that give little bits of information. I don't think they send out like you know, this turn is really changed. I think the car like pulls the central brain as you're approaching places on route and the brain may give it information about that route. 
I'd like to know more about how that works. I watched that whole autonomy day Mm -hmm. and felt somewhat overwhelmed. It's a complicated world, this autonomous driving. But my car is doing better now than it did when I first got the update about a month ago, and I just got an update yesterday. Mm, which, which one? What number are you up to? Let's go. Like yeah, let's check. Let's everybody go to their app. This and... is because you guys were the the suckers who paid for autopilot early and didn't get it. And oh, so the now other you're part of that, like the early other adopters. big button is give me the software updates whenever they're right available. Now. I click that puppy as yeah. fast as I could. Now I got that one, and I'm on twenty nineteen dot sixteen dot two. Me that's too. The, that's what the about, newest one. Are you seven three D three F three C? 73D3F3C. Yes? Yes. We have the same one. I'm at 2019. I'm at 2019.85 on the Model 3 still. What is your problem, dude? Get updated. Maybe it's because I scheduled a service appointment for June 9th. Have you guys used that service appointment? I did. did. Three weeks. Yep. Three weeks no. was what it was. Are we going to talk about? June no, we're not going to talk about it, but it's fine. Are we going to talk about service? No. I had, don't do the. Don't do what? June 11th, I have an appointment. Talk about service, Robert. so sad. What's wrong, buddy? I needed to get a headlight replaced because it wasn't working. That's usually why you need to get one replaced. Yeah. It was just the halo. It was looking fine. I just wanted a new one. It was just the halo light. Uh-huh. You know, not the actual beam at night. The fun one. But still, it looked bad and... Um, you know, I wouldn't want to resell the car with it looking like that if ever I wanted to resell it. But then, uh, and I needed, I wanted to get a service done, mm-hmm. right? 36,000 miles or so. Not quite, it's but time. still, it's time. Air filter, I use the biohazard a lot. And so I, I scheduled it online and I put a whole list, like 10 different things I wanted done. There's like this rattling bolt rolling around behind in my uh, hatch. Oh, you have the rattle bolt feature. Yeah. That's extra. <laughs> yeah, that was additional. And so uh, they, they, sent me a text, hey, you know, we could do all these things on a mobile service. Ooh. Would you like to do a mobile service? And so we go through this whole rigmarole, set up a mobile service, and I was dissatisfied. I was dissatisfied. For what, For what were reason you were you dissatisfied, Please explain, Robert. Well, so there's a problem with my car. I don't know if you have it in your car, but in my old Tesla, when they gave me the update for the backup lines, it was wonderful. In other words, if I see the curb right along the line and I get out the car and I look at my tire, it's right at the curb. You it mean like accurate, like colored lines in your reverse camera view? Yeah, you know, the white lines that show up. And I don't have those. On your, oh, really? You don't? On your no. Tesla Model S? What? On my 3. I don't drive the S. On your 3? You the don't three? have that in the 3? Yeah, you have it on the three. I use it all the time. Okay, we can go take a look. We'll have to take a look. Okay, Okay, we'll do that. For the rest of the I reverse every day. For the rest of the three hundred and fifty thousand Tesla drivers, those lines (laughs) that appear when you put it in reverse and you start backing up. That's mean. In my new car, the it's off. It's off by at least four inches, maybe five inches, and I have measured. So I have the mirrors <laughs> tilting down when I'm backing up, uh-huh. and I use the lines. But I had become used to using the lines, and I messed up my wheels bad. Because of that? Because of that. Ooh. I was depending on the lines. So now I had this accident. I got my car fixed. The wheels got fixed, and it still happens because I... I look at those effing lines and they're off. And the guy comes out and I said, the lines are off. And he goes, well, I don't know. That's a software thing. I'd have to have them move the lines. Does he talk like that? Did he really talk like that? No. Okay. Let's be nice to humans, okay? Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, if he spoke, it's just mean spirited. If he spoke with, it's like, not his fault. He's he, not the software if guy. If he spoke with like an Estonian, but did accent, he? I couldn't make that. If sound. he did, but you were not doing that, okay. anyways. Just move forward. Gotta it's work fine. On my Estonian accent. Oh, good. And so. He he says, well, maybe, you know, it's a software thing. I've got to get the software people to move the lines. Uh-huh. I can't do that. And I was like, well, maybe the camera's out of adjustment. Mm-hmm. Maybe when somebody popped the camera in, they messed it up. And it's like the lens is tilted or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This problem is happening with other people. And so uh, he basically just dissed me. And as if I'm like not telling the truth, like I'm making up a story. Yeah. And I felt dissatisfied. With yeah, I would be like, dissatisfied by that attitude for sure. Yeah. They should at least take it seriously as somebody who's had multiple Teslas and sort of knows a lot about their vehicles. They should understand that people may know more than they do about things. And so warning to Tesla Nation, there's a list on the Tesla website of all the things they do at the 12,000 mile service, the 24, the 36. They don't do those things anymore. In fact, they do almost nothing. Why? Because he tells me we don't need to rotate the tires. The car is so well balanced that the tires don't wear differentially. He checked them. They look fine. It's impossible. There's they, driving and like front wheel drive versus no rear motor drive. Okay. And now I said, well, what about the brakes? You know, how do you know if the brakes need to be changed? Oh, well, I just took a look in there with my flashlight <laughs> and I could see how much of your brake pads there were. And I thought, oh, Okay. So the car never got lifted. They don't like re- they don't exchange out the oil or the fluid in the drive motor because that used to be done. There were little flicks and they thought that was contributing to drive motor failure. They don't do that anymore. There's like a list that's a page and a half of all the things they do. They don't do them anymore. So that's either good news or bad news. That's either Tesla cutting corners to save time and money. Or they've just got better drivetrains and they've found over time that they really don't need to. Like I said back in the day, I had a leaf for three years. I never took it in once. It was fine. And that not that the whole point of these new drivetrains and everything? It's basically you, they're, they're maintenance-free. Yes, but if I have to pay for it, I'd rather not just, just not pay for it. Look, give us $2,000 and basically what we're going to do is nothing because we don't need to. Thank you. That's a good business. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was only supposed to be like... Uh, uh, $450, but they ended up taking the price down because I was dissatisfied. So, you know, kudos to Tesla yeah. for sort of taking care of me. But the last thing that hit me was I was up in Ventura this last weekend. I went and ran a 5K. It was great. I'm trying to clean my windshield because it's foggy. Did you and break 15 nuts. minutes? Eesh, not. <laughs> okay. That's the only metric system that this country is 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 comfortable with, our 5Ks. Yeah, it's true. And so uh, I'm up there, and I'm trying to wash my windows, and it says no washer fluid. This is like 14 days after this service. Oh, come on. Oh, wait, like, wait. There were air quotes there. Wait service. a minute. Well, wait a minute. Along with getting rid of the grass, Tesla has decided not to fill up your wiper fluid. So okay? I said, you know, you guys done everything, including the wiper fluid. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I went and I went to this, you know, auto parts store, which Mm -hmm. is another story I could tell, but I won't right now. Got a whole gallon of that washer fluid Mm -hmm. and I emptied it into the car. And I thought, it's amazing how much it holds. It's amazing. It holds six gallons. It's a big window. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't hold six gallons. No, it holds nothing. If if they just refilled it and I emptied it with a few squirts, that's BS. I mean, it is a lot of water that comes out. Tesla, we're looking at you. I know Tesla service. You tout it as being nonprofit, but maybe 
I don't know. It's that's extremely just... nonprofit. <laughs> extremely. And more nonprofit when they don't do anything. Oh, my God. Well, I've got an appointment because my – does anybody anybody else have this problem? My autopilot just doesn't work on the three every now and then, like for days at a time. Just like will not engage, will not turn on. It's as if it's gone. And then it will turn on magically. And I just got the software update, and it seems to be working real well right now. So I'm hoping that it was just a software glitch. But is there anybody else having that problem where autopilot just disappears? And the S, the same thing. The S just won't engage at all. It's just like, I'm done with you. Send us a note on at TalkingTesla on Twitter. Unless you don't Twitter, then you have to send an email to info at TalkingTesla.net. I mean, I know you guys are a little bit self-involved, typically, oh, as, we all, as we all are, bit. but I believe I was talking about my maintenance, and so one of the issues oh, that sorry. I one of the issues <laughs> that Whoa, I that was like four stories ago. <laughs> one of the issues that I was having was, and I don't know if you guys have had this, but all of a sudden, whenever my Model 3, and this may come to the wheel rotation alignment question that you had, yeah. when my Model 3 goes over lines, painted lines on the freeway, there's a like a visible vibration or a or tactile vibration in my steering wheel and in the vehicle that I that I feel. When Have you, you ever get experienced near the that? Lines. No, when I go like if I'm yes. changing lanes, yes. at, when my tires are on the painted lines, the car's like zzz, it vibrates a little bit every yes. time. I thought it was the road until it kept happening. I'm like, it's not the road; it, it's it, the car. It didn't. It never happened before, and then all of a sudden it showed up. Yeah, that's three fingers. Yes, three. in the three. Are we playing three. charades? Because I'm driving an S, and I don't oh. have that. Is that oh, yes. with or without the indicator on? I haven't done that test. Like, if you don't put the indicator on, is it telling you, hey, you're leaving this uh, It doesn't lane? have anything to do with the electronics. It's not telling no, me. It's... it's the car itself is vibrating. Yes, but that's what I'm saying. Is it if you're changing lanes? <laughs> you're telling me that's a that's a that's a, a lane a feature, a lane leaving feature. feature. It feels like it's coming from the tire in through the car, but maybe you know what? It's I'll, a vi- I'll look into that. It's a vib a vibrator built into the steering wheel. I usually signal, so like usually that's fifty percent of the time. Fifty percent of the time, I signal all the time. <laughs> Hey, uh, let's talk about uh, test the battery tech because, uh, you know, people really don't care about our cars, <laughs> turns out. Uh, battery tech. So this is from Teslarati. But uh, it's not really from Teslarati. It's from Sean Mitchell. Well, Dave Ferris wrote it, but it's about a PhD student who I cannot pronounce his name. Can somebody okay. help me out? Ravindra Kempaya. Thank you. And this whole thing, if you... Did you scroll down to the bottom of this article? It's a two-hour interview yes. on Sean Mitchell's YouTube with this guy. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's what this whole thing is. So Sean, to Sean. Sean's been like really digging deep, and Sean obviously has gotten me into a couple of Tesla Live events. So he's from uh, he's from, from Colorado. He's, got, he's from Colorado. He's got the he's a realtor in Colorado. He's a realtor in Colorado. He's got a YouTube channel, which for some reason the name of escapes me, and now. Sean is going to hate me forever, so I'm going to have to look it up. I'll just look up done. Sean Mitchell Tesla. Before You'll find we're him. done with this. No question. So he interviewed. He's been back and forth with this guy who's a PhD candidate doing a lot of research into batteries, and he basically just went top to bottom. It's a two-hour interview about the tech of batteries. But Mel will now summarize. So um, sorry, Sean, mate. I just read this in Teslarati. So. This PhD uh, scholar at the University of Illinois in Chicago says this tension between energy density, cost and cycle life, and they sort of work against each other. The summary is that everybody wants more battery um, range, but that sort of uh, affects uh, the costs and uh, cycle (laughs) life. But in the end, he said, 
Tesla is basically doing everything right. They've got the right shape. They've got cylindrical cells. Uh, they've got the right cooling, which is really important for the longevity of batteries is to have uh, liquid cooling over air cooling. Tesla does liquid. A lot of other people do air cooling and their batteries aren't as good. They use less cobalt. In fact, they might get to the point where they'll use zero cobalt and that's good because it's expensive and because basically children are being used to mine it in some places. Mm-hmm. And they're really good about educating the consumer about things to do and not do like don't charge to 100% all the time. Don't use supercharging all the time. And so put it all together. This is part of the reason why Tesla batteries are better, stronger, last longer. So it brings up a question for you, the range guy. That's your new nickname. That's my name, the range, range guy. guy. And Sean Mitchell's uh, YouTube is all things EV. So there you go. Thank you, Sean. Sorry about that. Um, you, if all of this is correct and yes. they could give you more range yes. but less battery life, would you take it? Uh, depends how much. Thirty percent less battery oh. life for for five hundred miles on your well, car currently. Then, then it wouldn't be more range because it'd be more range the first year, and then the second year would be range, and then the next year would be less range. So uh, I no. don't know. I mean, like the, the the lifespan of a Tesla battery at this point is quite long. They say the Model Three. Our versions of the Model Three, three or four hundred thousand miles. That's how and many miles have version, you ever driven a car? Uh, I had a Volvo that I that I didn't drive uh, three hundred thousand miles, but it end, went three hundred thousand yeah, miles. It's just three hundred. Yeah, yeah. Imagine yeah. another hundred thousand. Oh on yeah, top no, of I that. get it. it. It's it's plenty. Mind blowing. It's plenty of miles because I'm at a year and a half, and I'm at twenty thousand miles in the Model Three. So I'm looking at another right. What ten, fifteen years to get to three hundred thousand? I know it's crazy. So I think you know, Mel. I'm speaking for Mel. Please sell. I can't do it. <laughs> would sell his range. Uh huh. Or I should say, he would sell his longevity of his car for range. He's like, you know, don't rust. Right. So drive. That, that's a good. So let's not look at it as like yearly degradation, but let's look at it as you can get us 500 miles out of your current battery, but it only lasts 250 thousand miles. But it doesn't work like that. It's not like it just dies. It, it goes from 500 like to 400 to 300. <laughs> yeah, but a battery is oh, hypothetical. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll take the range. <laughs> okay. I'll take the range. All I'll right. take the range. Can I tell you about my Model 3? Because people really care about that my Model 3. That would be amazing if we could talk about uh, your Model Well, I got this software update back in the day, and I uh-huh. took my 310 uh, single-motor rear-wheel Model 3 to 325 miles range when you yes. fully charged it. Mm-hmm. Now it only goes 310. So it's back. And that happened overnight. And it feels like the software said, um, you don't really get 325. And not that there was like magical 15 uh, miles or 5% degeneration overnight. It just feels like Tesla just wound that back. Anybody else see that when they fully charge? What's going on here? I don't know the answer to that, but I'm going to find out this week. And we will answer that question, whether or not my car. But so here's the thing. My car is... Two softwares back, back, I believe. Yes. Right. At this point, did you get that update though? You got the th- I have three twenty five. I got the three twenty five yeah. update for sure because I <laughs> charged it the next day fully to just make sure that I got yeah, it. Yeah. And I got to it, and so that was great. I'm just saying. I wonder what's yeah, going on there. Is it just me, or is it the whole world? But that was supposedly based on some efficiencies they got in the motor, yes. not necessarily something f- in the battery. Right? It was a firmware upgrade to the motor. Yeah, right. but. Now mine's gone, and but I maybe don't they decided that they didn't want to have that because now, if you if you were one of those people who charged your battery to a hundred percent, and it was really on the edge of that three twenty five, anyways, that was really a hundred percent, and maybe they just felt like for the longevity of the battery, they're going to protect you from yourself, Mel. Well, I wish 
if but they should they tell need you to say something. Yeah, I but agree. again, I don't know if it's just a quirk in my thing right now, or if it's the if everybody else is having that issue. So again, you are a quirk. let us know. <laughs> I'd like to talk about the world's largest energy storage project. This I is from too. Forbes. I wish there was more actual information in Mitsubishi this article. Mitsubishi is leading an mm. ambitious project to develop what it claims to be the world's largest energy storage project. Project And i got to tell you that it is a little bit light on the information. But some <laughs> of the information goes like this. There's these big salt caverns that are owned by uh, some other group. And with the salt caverns, they're going to uh, basically, with their excess renewable energy, do pumped air, compressed air into these salt caverns. So the sun is out and you don't need all the energy. So you run the pumps and you compress air into this cavern. That's how it sounds when it comes out. Um, they're also doing uh, producing hydrogen, which they're going to mix initially with natural gas so that they can have that as well. Well, they're not going to actually mix the two together. They're going to use natural gas to run and their power plant, but they can transition to, to hydrogen, hydrogen, which they can also shove underground. They're also using flow batteries. So we've heard about these flow batteries, which are better than lithium batteries in terms of longevity, in terms of the generation over time. And the more liquid you put in, the bigger the battery can be. It's not so good for cars or the home, but for industrial size ones, it's pretty good. And in the end, they say they're going to have enough uh, scale for storage to serve 150,000 U.S. homes with no seasonal variation, which means it's a big site. So it's a combination of a bunch of different renewable technologies working in unison to provide energy and energy storage. So unlike solar or batteries or whatever, when the lights go out, it will still be able to provide energy. Is that kind of a that good is the idea and it? a good amount of it too? So. Nice. Batteries are great. Lithium-ion batteries are great. I'm loving the Tesla Powerwalls, but if you really want to have robust multiple-day, maybe multiple-week backup, uh, right now lithium-ion batteries are too expensive. And even maybe though they because of great. the size of this, it's just much more scalable than, like, I don't know how many families. Do we know, and I know we know the answer to this, but I don't know offhand, how many families or households the big Australian battery thing is serving? Uh, it's something like just four hours that it can do but for for like for fifty thousand, like I think it is. Yeah, it's in but the it's tens more, of thousands. Yeah, but they're using it just sort of for bursts right. of energy. For but they a didn't short say in this how long this would work. Like they're not saying it's more than four hours of right. storage for one hundred fifty thousand. Like right. that's why I'm saying it was a little light on the actual details. In information. Right. But let's talk about superchargers. Do you have a supercharger update? I do. Oh, good. Oh, and what is please. happening? Okay, I'm going to tell you. So it's been a couple of weeks <laughs> since we last did this. So My there must be this. Uh, 50 new superchargers. Let's go. 50? Go. Let's find out. I thought he said 15. No, he said 50. He said 50. Did he? Five zero. <laughs> open super. Well, we've been anticipating yeah. a surge in supercharger activity now like that it. they a have surge, announced. Surge. It's yes, electrical terminology. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, for the rest of us. <laughs> uh, a surge in supercharger activity, given the fact that they have re-upped the supercharger plan to build these V3 superchargers. And indeed, open superchargers. Dun, dun, dun. In less than two weeks, okay. mind you. The last time we did this was on 18th of May. Yes. 19 open oh, superchargers. Oh, that's not 50, but that's good. And that includes like urban superchargers. Like in San Francisco, they opened up a supercharger in the city. Crazy. Sweet. Didn't expect that. I know. Where is it? 72 you know? kilowatt. Uh, I'll have to look the I'll details up. I'll look it up, up while you're finishing. Yeah. Uh, and then they opened up one in Big Sur. 
Yeah, I saw that one. Very excited. Which so side of the slide? Uh, big Sur, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's all on, open. It's on the Pacific Coast Highway. It's on this beautiful drive that goes all the way up the California coast. But it hasn't been great for supercharging. You want to go see the whales and the fishes and the water, but there hasn't been good supercharging. The supercharging has been on the more inland 101 and the 5. So this opens up some nice trips up and down the coast there. Excellent. How many there? Uh, big Sur has... Eight stalls, but it's only 72 kilowatt because, right, you know, in, go big, get lunch. in Big Sur, everything moves mellow Yes, chillax. Yeah, I'm so excited about that one. Okay, yeah. Go on. So the supercharger in San Francisco is on Letterman Drive inside the Presidio in front of Lucasfilm. There you go. Hmm. Wonder if there's a Six stalls, 72 kilowatt max. Bet you $500 that during Monday through Friday... Work hours, it's always full. Yeah, I'm sure. How unless, much? Five hundred? Yeah. No. Unless there's one <laughs> unless there's one that is designated handicap, then it'll be all but one full. And I wanted to make a note there was a supercharger in Mexico. Mexico is now up to fourteen superchargers. Wow. And you can drive from like Houston and Dallas all the way straight through to Mexico City and the coast of um Acapulco. All with a Tesla now. Nice. Isn't that? And, I, you know, that was amazing because it was only maybe a year, a year, yeah, a year ago that they opened up the first supercharger in Mexico. And we were like, whoa, it's one isolated supercharger. But obviously they have a connection and a commitment. There are under construction. Ready? 17. <gasps> Yeah, come on. Which includes one in Menlo Park, which is a place where if you look on the supercharger map, that little south region of the uh, San Francisco Bay Area Mm -hmm. is so full of superchargers. Oh, it is packed. But it is also so full of Teslas, Teslas. which is the future, right? If we anticipate Tesla continuing to pump out, you know, five to 10,000 cars a week, those cars are going to continue to flood into urban areas where people have the extra cash to buy the cars that it's going to require these intensely concentrated supercharger installations yeah and just a little update on the lucasfilm san francisco one it's in a paid parking structure Mm. unfortunately six bucks an hour that's not bueno or five bucks although it is the city of san francisco which is congested so you probably should park outside it's a lovely indoor space got some lovely picture here on the uh, oh, the it, Tesla does, it does look lovely. Yeah, your car will be nice website. and dry and clean when you come back out to it. Mm-hmm. It's certainly nice if you have to drive into the city and you, you know, you've just got to do it and you've got to park for a few hours for a meeting and go park and charge up here. That's good. I'd like to see a lot more of those because San Francisco is quite large. You yeah. know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see light pole charging. <gasps> it is the future. It is. I have seen and it. Tom's seen it. There are a lot of permits out there. Only two new permits in this last two weeks. That's not good. That's not good. So we're going to get like a slowdown in build in a few weeks if there's only two permits. Although there was a note in this Tesla Motor Club post about this one is that San Francisco one was never listed as like in progress. Right. It just appeared. appeared. Yeah. So maybe, you know, there's some like lack of information kind of being put in the supercharger update that you're getting your information. Well, the supercharge update comes from these kind of like really died in the wool crazy fans of Tesla right. and people who bought a Tesla and in their area are just aching for a supercharger like I am. There's right. a second one planned for San, Santa Monica, nice. which was supposed to be the bell or the car hop 
you know, burger joint, mm-hmm. supercharger. Mm-hmm. The, I pass through that lot or pass right, right in front of that lot two, three, four times a week. It's still just a lot. Yeah. It's, I want it to be a lot more. Well, we remember almost a year ago now, the Calabasas stuff I found. Right. And it's still there in crates that are all yeah, weathered. Just not, not even close to being built yet. And no. I wonder if that's all permitting. Uh, just permits. I can't get the permits. Surely... It's a lot of things. Like there's supposed to be a whole setup in the Pacific Palisades at this new mall, kind of like a planned mall community kind of thing, which is one of the Caruso properties. And that was supposed to be a supercharger. It's off the map. It's not existent anymore. And I've been there. I've looked all around. There's a bunch of standard level two chargers. And there's plenty of room for Tesla chargers, but it just didn't happen. I wonder if Calabasas is also a Caruso thing, and maybe there's something going on with Caruso. Yes. There you go. Maybe so. Mm. He had committed to putting chargers into every one of his locations. But he got his press release, and now he's moved on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so cynical. (laughs) Thank you. So anyway, I think that this is exciting, although I think that the discovery of new superchargers is not going to happen quite as reliably because we don't have as many enthusiasts looking for them as there are superchargers being built. So it may, Tesla may very well sneak a lot more superchargers by us. Let's hope so. Yeah, but I'd say to all the listeners, if you hear any whiff of a supercharger, then go to supercharge.info. You can send, uh, I think it's called Blue Streak is the guy who runs this. You can um, send him an email, tell him what you see, give some details, and we can put it up on the website and get everybody updated. And hopefully one day... We won't even need a supercharger update because there'll just be enough. It's probably a, a time for me to tell you uh, about a new podcast I'm doing, a daily oh. podcast called Supercharge Daily. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it where you're just amazingly frustrated that there aren't enough superchargers for you not to want to use? I'm just going to talk or about is it because it you, every day. <laughs> you're going to a new supercharger every day. You're going to visit all of them around the world. Wait, I know what you do. So oh. you have we have this show, yep. right? And then we have the show within this show, which is the Patreon show. Yeah. And there's a show within both of those shows, which is the Elon Daily show. Yeah. So let's make it like the Russian nesting doll of shows and inside Elon Daily do a daily supercharger. I like where you're going. Minute thing. Well, so we'll call it. Okay, so we'll call it Supercharger <laughs> Daily. It's part of Elon Daily, which is part of talking Tesla. Uh huh. Yeah, we can do this. That's good. I like it. That would mean that if you visited one supercharger every day, mm-hmm. then you would visit three hundred sixty-five a year, fifteen hundred and forty-five superchargers. It would only take you four years and three months. And by the time I got to that, that there'd probably be three times as many. So it would could be perpetual. It would I probably couldn't. You'd have to start over. That would be wonderful. Oh, that'd be great. Is this only, is it 1,500 in the U, United States? Worldwide. That's that's worldwide. So 1,545. Some of those places you'd have to ship your car to, though. Or rent a car because, you know, you can't charge with your car in Europe oh, or in China. You have to get an adapter. China. <laughs> oh, Tesla's uh, Model 3 is coming to Australia. I know a lot of Australians are very excited about oh, that. They're, 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 being re- they're being built backwards, though. They're, they're totally reversed. It's weird. That's, <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Model 3, Australia, huge, big, large, still an expensive car in Australia, but kind of like, half the price of an S, thank you very much. But do you think uh, because of the China factory, do you think the China factory will serve Australia? It's much closer, right? Yeah, that's what I was wondering too, but at the same point- They said point, China and India is what it's going to do. They didn't say anything mm-hmm. about it doing Australia. Yeah. I was listening to some radio shows, some podcasts recently, and they were talking about how India may just almost- 
completely bypass fossil fuels for the most part and go to renewables, 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 because as they're emerging, they're, I mean, it's hard to say, like, it's weird to think of India as an emerging nation with a billion people, but infrastructurally wise, they are definitely, you know, moving forward. Who has a history that we sort of, I wouldn't say worship, I would say, though, regard very highly. So many people I know who are Buddhist, although I know Buddhism, I should say, Hindus. It's sort of like born out of the same region before yeah. there were borders. Yeah. But people who want to go to India and Tibet and look at the religion and the history and to think mm-hmm. that, yeah, I think that's great to yeah, like cool. completely bypass phones yeah. and go straight to cell phones, completely yeah. bypass petrol mm-hmm. and go straight to electricity. Makes so much sense, especially since the air there ain't so hot. And Mel's about to hit another continent, and we're going to probably hear a lot about sort of localized grids when we're there. When yes, there. I'm going to Kenya and uh, going into the village. Are you going to take a SpaceX rocket to get there? Unfortunately not. I'm going to take a plane fun. to London and then a plane from London to Nairobi and then a plane from Nairobi to Eldoret and then a bike ride to the village. A bike ride? I mean a, a ride. <laughs> It's a very long way, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. It's a very long way. Sounds fun. Uh, NASA has been has selected the first three companies bringing payloads to the moon. Robert, mm. did you know that? I, I didn't know that until I got a tweet uh-huh. that was very exciting, got me going, got me looking mm-hmm. that tes- uh, Tesla. Here I am, talking Tesla. It's not Tesla. Now it's talking NASA. Mm-hmm. NASA is planning trips to the moon to prep to get people to the moon which will prep to get people living on the moon. Very exciting. They've now chosen three private companies to bring loads to the moon for various scientific and exploratory purposes. They had nine companies that had um, submitted proposals. There was $2.6 billion in contracts. And they've now chosen Intuitive Machines, which is a Texas company, They've chosen Orbit Beyond, a New Jersey company, and Astrobiotic, a Pennsylvania group. Uh, And two of those groups have already declared they're going to fly their missions to the moon on a Falcon 9. Oh, I'm fucking amazed at that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done. Astrobiotic has not yet chosen its launch provider, but let me just... Yep. That, uh, that is if SpaceX has capacity because no, they're spending yeah. all this. They're, they're planning a lot of trips of uh, Starlink. They are. But, you know, you can Starlink can piggyback on a lot of things. You can put a bunch of Starlink under that fairing and be like, oh, lunar Starlink. Like, I don't know. The, the first, I should say, the second Starlink launch that just took place within the last two weeks mm-hmm. that launched 60 Starlink yep. satellites took – uh, it was the heaviest payload a Falcon 9 has ever lifted. Right, but they don't That's have to do... Falcon amazing, they isn't don't, it? You already used that joke. They don't have to use 60 at a time. They can put as many as they want. So, like, if they have capacity to put two up, why not? Right, just fill up. Like, just right. add a few more. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's a great idea. Thank do you. they have to then decrease the price that everyone else they is paying? They don't have to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't like, it feel like that when all the Starlinks 
11, 12,000 are up there that you're not going to be able to like jump too high without getting hit in the head with a satellite. No, I think the best part about it is you're going to actually be able to walk across space on Starlink. <laughs> Hopping between them. What I'm wondering is, you know, when I've gone camping in very dark oh, places. This is the part that drives me crazy about I, this. It honestly. makes me sad because I'm thinking that if I go to these very dark places to go camping and you look up in the sky, it used to be that you'd go, like, oh, look, there's a satellite. You see a polar orbit satellite, not a stationary, but mm-hmm. you'd see one that's moving the stationary ones probably will blend in Mm -hmm. to the background stars but still the the sky is going to be quite a bit brighter with like well but the worst part about it is when when you're out there now you can't get a signal (laughs) and now you'll be able to so if you're able to chances are you will you will control yourself oh my goodness it's gonna be so hard elon has specifically said you will not be able to see these with the naked eye because a lot of people were freaking out about that and he's like no don't worry about it they're dark there's no lights on them you will not going to be able to see them everybody calm down i wear clothes on my eyes so they're never naked oh that's funny but it is a problem (laughs) when tom goes into the deepest darkest to go contemplate the universe as he's doing some ayahuasca or whatever he does out there stop with the drug use that's terrible now he's gonna be playing pac-man instead there's no ayahuasca no pac-man netflix i mean just think about all of the things i will never be able to turn off from work i won't be able to tell my people that um i have no signal but did you guys see these pictures yes. taken by the guy? In, I, did. I think it was in Europe, like Denmark, maybe, yes. where he took pictures of the 60 Starlinks starting to yeah. separate out along a line. Mm-hmm. It was amazing, but you're saying that's not with the naked yeah, eye. Yeah, because it was that picture that set people off. Oh my gosh, is this what it's going to be like? And let's just talk about that guy. This genius did some math on a piece of paper to work out when uh, these was satellites it would come by. Paper or a napkin? Napkin. <laughs> Which is paper. And then he stuck up his little uh, telescope and he took this picture. And he was off by about two minutes, he said. But it's uh, an amazing array, a linear array of all these things. But again, Elon said specifically, no, they're going to spread out and then you're not going to see them. Nothing to see here. Now, on the plus side, just to give some positivity to the end of that, it also means I could go to the middle of nowhere for three months and be working. So... That's There's, also good, so right? So Tom is going to get a really long beard <laughs> yeah. and uh, be living in his truck like out in the middle of nowhere. Answering questions from the middle of nowhere. Yep. Nope. Eight hours a day and then the other yeah. 14 I've hours I've said a it a lot on Elon Daily. I think this for... Uh, Low- and middle-income countries in rural areas, this is a big deal. What's going to happen is that first it's going to be in North America and parts of uh, Canada, and then it's going to spread out through the rest of the world. But I think it's a good thing for anybody even here because I think it's going to add competition, right? So right now, if you want internet, you basically are stuck with your cable company locally, and maybe there's a second provider, but typically there isn't. If Starlink is that second provider and they can be competitive, it may force the cable companies to charge a little bit less. For their, you know what I have stuff. to say to the cable company? Don't uh, wait. Say it's going it, to be beep it out like that kind of thing. You know, so they sold me cable, right? And it was like uh, going to be at least a hundred kilobyte speed. Hmm. But the about word was in <laughs> such small type. I think yeah. it was point zero 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 one uh-huh. point sized type because okay. I didn't see it. And when I get home at like five or six or seven at night, I watch. Because I have a um, an app on my computer and uh-huh. how fast my download speeds are, yeah. I go from like 115 kilobytes yeah. to seven. That's, That's less than and 115. That, so, but what I will tell you is, whenever I've called the cable company, they say that number is based on being hardwired, 
right? So if you put an Ethernet into your modem and plug that into your computer, I'm not telling you to do it. Sure. I'm saying then you likely will keep those speeds. And now if you're going wireless, they sort of have no control over what your wireless is. And I will tell you, if you're using yes. the cable's wireless modem, you should stop because no. it's terrible. Yeah, no, I have all Apple products. Oh, those are also terrible. They're also terrible Try now. Google Wi-Fi. It's much, much better. I've got Eero. Orbi, I like those two. I, don't like, I didn't works. like the Orbi, but I loved the way that Google Home Wi-Fi worked. Very nice mesh. Are we getting any money from any of those people? No. We should. We don't have our S together. You know, I got an email yesterday from a gentleman who's got a new company that is uh, supporting podcasts, and he wants to chat. With us? To get us on their network. This show? This show. What's one of the three of this show? So the, the Supercharger sub, Daily, the, sub the Elon Sub Shows. He, did he has to sponsor ask. them all. And the, the, elec- the Electric Lawnmower Daily. <laughs> oh. He did ask, do I have a Supercharger Daily? Because that would really round out <laughs> his offerings. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, boring company. Shows off uh, tests going 127 miles now. So boring. Now, again, I talked about this on Elon Daily. It did. And... um the big controversy here was a lot of people saying, oh, great. So what uh, the Boring Company was going to do was have these space-age little capsule things that would uh, skids and your car would go 500 miles an hour, 150 miles an hour. Then they said, oh, no, we're going to turn these into 16-seater uh, people movers. And now the Boring Company's hole is basically a small tunnel. It's just a <laughs> hole. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, let's find another version to criticize. I think this should be maybe... Some university that's funded by the Koch brothers or something should have a a, a university uh, degree in which you go and just figure out how can you craft negative statements to drag down any type of renewable or uh, we could be the professors. We could be the we professors. Could, we could lead that. <laughs> We'd be in the alternative campus. I want tenure. My only. <laughs> My concern about this was if you're doing 130 miles an hour in this little tunnel, yeah. and even if you've got it on autonomy, what happens if somebody uh, around the corner has a breakdown or their f- tire flies off? Is it going to be safe to drive that fast or am I going to smash into whatever they throw out of their car at 130 miles an hour? I guess it depends on how well the sensors that are cr- that are on the vehicles for autopilot work inside the tunnels. My understanding is that the curve of the tunnel is gentle. It's not a sharp turn. So you should have visibility for a pretty good distance that you could engage the brakes. And I, you know, again... That the machine could engage the brakes. The the machine, right. You should be on autopilot during this whole process. Yeah, at 127 miles an hour? Yes, you should. And potentially 150 miles an hour. Potentially. How that's going to work inside, like, the... Las Vegas, 1.1 mile. I, I thought it was 0.8, and it had three stops. Uh, oh, maybe that one's the 0.8. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot slower, <laughs> I hope, because it's like, how do you... But that's the one that needs experience. the people mover pods, right? That's the one that needs that. It just needs a continuous train. It doesn't train. need a bunch of Xs, just right? link or, it all up. You or jump even on, one of those long off. people mover escalators would be great underground, right? Yeah, you but don't those even go need like a pod. two miles an hour. Well, why don't you have a people mover that does 127 miles an hour? <laughs> just strap yourself onto it. Just <laughs> jump on with like Velcro boots. Well, I read a science fiction years ago, and basically their city was like that. There was a series of people movers, and they got faster as you stepped across. And you get faster and faster and faster and faster. Like but, then, but then every now and then something terrible would happen. <laughs> Small pieces of people would fly everywhere. 
Yeah. Just saying. That's, that's good not... job security for us as emergency doctors. physicians. Yeah, that sounds great. So this uh, demonstration was like a face-to-face where you had two Teslas, one pulling out of the parking lot of this, I think it was a former restaurant supply company. I can't remember what it was. The other one going down the tunnel. <laughs> and then the one on streets just sitting there in Hawthorne in traffic, like at one light for, <laughs> good, I don't know, two a, minutes. What a lovely test. One of these things we're going to put in traffic, and the other one we're going to put in a tunnel. But I, a lot of people were criticizing and saying, yeah, well, it's traffic versus a tunnel. I'm like, but then again, exactly. That's exactly. what he's saying. It's kind of like... Exactly. Yes. That's the point. So I want a tunnel. So now we're going to be advocating for more superchargers. We're going to be advocating for more range. And we're going to be advocating for an effing tunnel. I want a tunnel that goes from my house to the Talking Tesla studios. I think Elon will that build will you great. a custom tunnel. For $1 million yeah. for every 12 feet. more than that. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that the the important thing is that you know, this is a paradigm shift. It's like trying to convince people that your car can fill up from the plug in your house. You never have to go to the gas station. You just go home, plug it in, forget about it. How many hours a year do you save not going to a gas station from the time you have to drive there, sit there, Go wash your hands after you got them dirty and then go back home. So here he says, the fundamental advantage of layers of tunnels is that you can have as many lanes as you want going in any direction. Mm -hmm. And so, again, this is just driving the point home. This was released on the day that Tesla secured the Las Vegas Convention Center tunnel transportation system. That's Mm -hmm. like their first paid job for $56 million. So a $48 million contract, and it's three underground stations, a pedestrian tunnel, and two vehicular tunnels with an expected total length of one mile, approximately one mile. So interesting. There is a pedestrian aspect to it, and then two vehicular tunnels. So three tunnels for $50 million? $48 For a mile? That is like... Here in L.A., I think the one mile of uh, tunneling is a billion miles. Yeah, that's correct. That's right. That's for that's also for three tunnels. It's for a, a smaller pedestrian, two main tunnels, and that's uh, done by, you know. With track and electrical. Like it's, it's the whole thing, not and just stations, the digging. Right? Right. I don't think they can do that for $50 billion. Well, they're going to try. Million. Fifty million. Sorry, fifty million. million. That's amazing. If they can do it for that, well, their tunnels are smaller. They're, you know, they're 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 developing it, and I yeah. think that this might lose money, but at the same time, it's establishing them and it's helping them to learn the system, which is how Tesla operates. Right? We've seen this from day one. Tesla is learning and iterating, reiterating constantly. And this is a loop system, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a loop that will like have less disruption, faster construction time, and will. Designed for ridership of 4,400 passengers per hour and is scalable depending on attendance of whatever show is in the thing. And if you're getting in and out of an X, how cool is that as far as advertising goes? I still don't think the X is the way to go there. I still think it's some other kind of bigger pod pod thing. Right. I agree. Because it's small, like it's short. So something a little longer that could hold 30 or 40 people. Like you got, Again, you're talking about 4,400. I don't know what number of these are on pedestrians or whatever. But The problem is, though, is that everybody is probably going to need to be seated if you're going to go fast. Mm-hmm. And if you need to go fast and you need to get seated, if you have people walking onto some like device mm-hmm. and then finding a seat versus standing up, you're wasting a lot of time. If they just get right into a seat... Mm-hmm. then you might be able to go faster. Although people are going to have stuff with them 
they're going to bring like their bag and their wheelie card and all this other nonsense. Mm-hmm. So I'm really curious to see how they design this. But what's concerning even more is that a, a Virginia transportation official who ostensibly was visiting SpaceX because of the the boring company's DC to Baltimore project was very underwhelmed with his ride in the tunnel, saying that the technology just wasn't ready for prime time. There's the Chicago Loop, right, that goes from O'Hare Airport to downtown Chicago. No mas. That thing did not reach approval. There's been a change in the political climate there. There's a new mayor. And evidently, they're not happy with it because it's new technology. Right. But when you mm-hmm. say it's not ready for prime time, you know, everybody coming out of the Boring Company event that wasn't like a super fanboy said the same thing. Like, it wasn't a great ride. Elon himself said that. It's not the proof of concept that he wanted it to be. How and was your ride? Oh, was, I don't know. I haven't had one yet. I'm still waiting for the email back from the lovely Boring Company uh, press people. Yeah. Have you gotten yours? How ne- was yours? Negative. Mel? Uh, no. Huh. Well, yeah, they need a good proof of concept because it just seems like uh, the hopes are fading. But maybe this um, Vegas one. But will I like give the idea, even if you think about it from small scale situation where it could reduce, like like driving down the Las Vegas Strip is a nightmare. So if this proof of concept works at the convention center and they can expand it underneath the strip in Las Vegas, like that could reduce a lot of vehicle traffic, right? That's a benefit. So there is some potential for this as a system in general, if you can dig that inexpensively. Yeah. I think there's also potentially use cases for like emergency vehicles in places where they're particularly yeah. impacted and you want to get across the bay that maybe San Francisco says, well, right. we're going to have an emergency vehicle access thing that you can drive at 100 miles an hour and not crash into anything. It's a with. lot of money for an emergency system, but yeah, yeah it'd be cool. There's a lot of money in emergencies. That's out. true. <laughs> Let's talk about... Uh, we'll just bring the MRI machine right to your doorstep and give you the TPA there. So <clears throat> he's going underground. Mm-hmm. There are other people who are going in the ears. Wow, what a segue that was. That was like very that? nicely done. Thank very you. Thank professional done. podcaster. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> Thank good. You very much. That's good stuff right there. So this is a company called Lilium, and they are a taxi, an air taxi company. They're planning, sort of like Tesla, these big envisioned autonomous air electrical taxis that will take you moderate distances, not a long way, like Boston to New York, something like that. And so they have now revealed their first flying air taxi. It's something between a helicopter and an airplane. It lifts off vertically and then the the wings and the and the fans orient so that they can go forward and this device can reach 180 miles an hour that's 300 kilometers an hour and it can carry four passengers the the planned one the current one right now is small but the planned version of this air taxi will carry four passengers and a pilot as well as luggage and it will go as fast as 180 miles an hour. I wonder if the Pentagon is interested in this kind of technology. Well, they say that this is designed or planned to be used in urban centers to, like, get you either to an international airport or to get you across various distances. It would be price competitive to a helicopter, which for me is not very price competitive. One percent. Right. (laughs) And, And that they can operate in places helicopters can't because of the electric propulsion. It's much quieter. On the plus side, it'll take a lot of pressure off Tesla drivers to not be the biggest douches in electric transportation. <laughs> <laughs> I threw a picture of this, the the 
planned version of this aircraft. And what they do is they they gang up these small electric turbines uh, and put a lot of them. This this picture here shows 36 of these engines mounted over the wing and over the tail fin. It doesn't have the basic structure of an airplane because they can vary the torque on each of these individual motors to actually cause the, the the plane or the helicopter to rotate and turn yaw in in air. It's really a propulsion system that is is completely new. Nothing I've ever seen, and it seems to be uh, requiring quite a bit of software to fly it. There's one guy, one of the Ford developers. That's all he does. It's a German company. It was co-founded by engineering students just four years ago, and they've already raised $100 million in capital. They're going to need a lot more, but this is really kind of interesting. It's it's one of those coming in 2020 or coming in 20 who knows what time frame, but I think this is very cool, and um, it has its purpose, but if it's going to be that expensive, it's not going to work for me, and um, maybe... It's sort of getting to that flying car situation. They're working on autonomy, but they say they'll still have a pilot in it. It's kind of a cool thing. Now, this could actually be an excellent emergency vehicle, I was just right? The if same you think thing. about that, yeah. land one of these on a freeway, boom, it's like can take off vertically, vertically, can land vertically, can do it quietly, can do it a little safer, likely, because there'll be less wind, you know people getting injured by the rotators, although I don't think that really ever happened. This thing generates like 2,000 horsepower, which, which is, is an amazing crazy. amount. Like it was 10 or 15 times more than a comparable helicopter. Yeah, except that the batteries, if you if you look at the energy density in lithium-ion batteries versus airplane fuel, it's like 40 to 1. Yeah. Airplane fuel has a lot more energy in and it. And it gets so, lighter as it dissipates, right? The planes get correct. lighter as it dissipates where this doesn't. Cause... Although they say that when this thing is in a uh, horizontal flying capacity, it's only going to use 10% of the horsepower to move around. Yeah. So they only really need a blast of horsepower to take off and to land. Yeah, for the lift. Right. But I bet you they could reduce that if they did it, you know, a version of this in a non-helicopter taking off fashion where it just took off. Normally, they probably need less horsepower to do that, you know, situation. Or they could use the the Tesla Roadster plan mm. where they put a high-capacity... Capacitor. Well, a high-capacity tank to hold, like, compressed air or something mm. so that when they take off, they do a little burst of air from this high-pressure vacuum chamber or high-pressure air chamber. And then while they're flying, since they're not using all that much energy, they yeah. can pump some more air back into it yeah. and use it again when they go land. And I wonder if they're considering that. Do you think Tesla's really going to put that thing in the Roadster? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Very skeptical. And I hope you win it with your two I, referrals. I hope I win a why. Why? Why? <laughs> so, uh, like, why, more, why let's do like children. Can I can I do a media pick first? Oh, oh media pick! Oh, what? Media picks. So, media uh, Game of Thrones. No, that's no. Oh, that one. was going to be my media pick. Did you hear about this show? It's called Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's really good. It's pretty new. I'm I excited go to watch old it. School. <laughs> I want to go old school because I just started listening again to Bill Bryson's A Brief History of Nearly Everything. One of the best books I've ever read. It's pretty old now, but it is so good. Bill Bryson, A Brief History of Nearly Everything. It's basically a science book, but he is so snarky and funny. Really, go check it out. It's great. I listened to two episodes. So we've we've talked about Radio Lab. We love those guys. Their last two episodes, Dino Apocalypse Redo, is an amazing 
just tour de force of podcasting. So that one's very good. And there's another one called BitFlip, which I thought when I started to listen to it was about Bitcoin, but it's about the effect of gamma rays on electronics. So there are people who have who have had like weird anomalous accidents happen and they think that they, their car or whatever was hit by this potentially just gamma ray in the right spot of their car that caused the car to just turn off the computers and not work anymore. It's a really well done. It's called BitFlip. So when you're in your air taxi flying over some oh, urban no. area <laughs> and it's in autonomous mode, you're telling me that... But it's the reason this thing is a known entity and it's the reason why companies like Tesla have redundancies built into their systems, right? So like if one of the CPUs gets dinged by a gamma ray, the other right. one might still work. Hopefully the gamma rays are happening in the right axis and it doesn't <laughs> right? go right through both. Yeah. It's oh. cool, though. And then they talk about this experiment you can do in your house oh. with like a cup and some, I think it was alcohol, but it may have been something else. And you can actually see a gamma ray, like if you go through the like the light frame. It's pretty cool. Is ayahuasca required <laughs> yeah. in this? <laughs> no, I swear. They were talking about it. It was real. It happened. This That's... sounds crazy. Well, I have a media pick. Yeah. I listen to Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. It's Neil deGrasse Tyson's book. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually kind of fun. It's, uh -huh. It may not be uh, something for a true science geek because it goes over a lot of material that is redundant and it's kind of like simplified. Is it but light that's, reading? That's what you would expect. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's like, why are the elements named what they're named? And he's funny dude. So he throws, you know, some really good humor. I wonder if he'd ever done stand up comedy. He's got a podcast called Star Talk Start talking. Like it's yeah, funny. with some obnoxious uh, Comedian guy who funny. laughs and uh, yeah, yeah. he does a weird TV listening. show panel discussion thing too. Occasionally that I've seen, just like flipping through the channels, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's kind of interesting. He gets an expert on there, and they do a deep dive into some sciency thing. But I, I would recommend the book, especially for like your kids, maybe, or if you have a, a significant other or family member who isn't quite up to speed on the kind of things that you want to talk about. Can you read it while holding a game controller? Because otherwise, a, it's a, <laughs> my kid won't read it. It's a, it's a good primer okay. on uh, on all things sciency. Cool, excellent. Letters, Mel. Letters. Letters. And the first one is very, very positive of you. Thank you. Pat Reed says, Mel, uh, that's a great idea, getting a battery-powered lawnmower, even though Tom thinks it's stupid. I didn't um, – oh, that's unfair. <laughs> that is unfair and not true. But, but Mel, uh, Tom does like the electric leaf blower. Thank you. Mm. He uh, said that uh, they bought this Ego um, battery-powered lawnmower about three years ago, and it's still going, and they've also got a chainsaw. And a very powerful leaf blower, and he sends me some pictures, and he is way ahead of me. Let me tell you, way ahead of me on this thing. Um, been doing it for a long time. But he's raising bees with solar power, so. Yeah, he's doing all these crazy things, and he just sort of gives a shout out. So, look, thank you, Patrick. You understand. He's from Bandon, Oregon. They have a beautiful golf course Oh, where there. they have water. Oh, Water and he's and got so golf they can have lawns. And he has this video. I actually linked through to the video yeah. where they he's got like this pile of debris that oh, he needs to so burn, cool. but it's wet and moist because it's Oregon. Mm -hmm. And so he like gets a fire going and then he uses his electric lawnmower, uh, lawn leaf blower, blower leaf mm. blower. And he uses the leaf blower as a billows for this pile of like wooden debris and just it all flares up. So he's saving the CO2 from cutting the grass and then putting right. it in the – because you could 
compost I know. That. You could chip it and compost. Chip it with your electric chipper. I had the same thought, and yet it's so cool because this fire goes from barely working to... It just yeah, it turns out fire like oxygen for all out. of the pyro, pyromaniacs among us. He said that he uh, and I think some other folks had donated an electric lawnmower to the local cemetery, which I haven't seen any cemeteries landscaped in, you know, like California natives yet. They should be. Yeah. They're huge, huge um, lawns. lawns. And if they used... But maybe they use reclaimed water. We should look into that. Well, you know, the cemeteries around here are really popular. They say that people are dying to get in there. (laughs) Dang, did you see that? Oh, that was amazing. Now, who's uh, this next letter from, Mel? uh, Raya Jamarin. (laughs) I mean, probably not, but okay. Jiram? Raya Jiram? I said something about there's going to be a Model S refresh, and some people are saying that they're basically going to use the same seats that they use in the 3 and the S, and um, that's a downgrade, not an upgrade. And But it makes sense for Tesla to use the same seats. And I was talking about, well, that'll mean that I can buy seats cheaper and all this stuff. Jaius Raya, Raya? Raya? Raya. Raya says uh, <laughs> they make their own seats. So um, he thinks it's very improbable uh, of this sort of uh, getting them cheaper or getting it better. <laughs> he basically said they make their own. Well, but they can get them cheaper by making one instead of two. Right, like making one <laughs> yes. type of seat is better and more efficient than making two. That's types what I was of saying. Seats. Like, and in yeah. the installation would be the same. So. Although apparently, like the no. Model Three that I have has different seats than the newer Model Three in terms of like what's in them, the structure. Yeah, of they them. change the seats all the time. In fact, my first Tesla, the seat was uh, squeaking. The little lumbar support. I talked about this. Mm-hmm. I don't know, fifty, hundred episodes ago. Uh-huh. The seat pillow there's like an air pillow bladder that blows up that gives you lumbar support mm-hmm. mine developed a squeak every time you'd lean back it would do that and they were like yeah, your oh, dog love that that's obviously how you're sitting in the seat just deflate it and then I how said, you're sitting no. in the seat i love and that. we went back and forth and i got a new seat and it took like six months because they had to recreate the seat that was in my car so yes they are reiterating seats just like they're reiterating everything else and changing but i do not think they will ever make a single seat for all the cars they they need to up keep up the luxury image of the model s or though who would buy it i mean i guess but if you if you work out the economies of scale put the luxury seat in the model three give the people the luxury that the the rich folks get. I think they're still trying to get the Model Three cheap. I know, you know? we failed know. to actually deliver the cheap. But isn't it in, a, in overall terms, it's better for for Tesla to be inexpensively producing parts in general, right? Yes. Overall, thank yes. You. Corey Boiling or bowling. bowling? I mean, you know, the eyes after the L, so it's probably bowling. But uh, I mean, I don't whatever. Know how to read. Said this. Look, let me try this again. Mm-hmm. Um, Mel, you're an idiot. <laughs> Thanks again. for reading my last letter on the show. And not actually reading the and letter. Actually not reading and being uh, being stupid. <laughs> he, apparently Mel thought Occupied was a Norwegian documentary series on Netflix. However, it's actually a narrative fiction series that I guarantee everybody will love. And it's sort of set in um, the, where the Norwegian government is basically in the near future. It's a sci-fi. And they want to stop all oil and gas production in the North Sea because the world is falling apart. And he says, you're going to love it. And it's called Occupied. So I'm going to watch it. And I'm going to start tonight. I, I looked at it on Netflix. It looks interesting. It's like Europe 
is uh, not able to get any energy because there's a conflict Mm-mm. in the Middle East. Duh. And the energy is not being sent out of the Middle East. The United States is energy self-sufficient, so not sending any energy out. Mm-mm. And the Russians basically control the world of energy outside of the United States. And they basically are invading Norway and taking over mm. their oil production facilities. And Norway had already said, look, we don't want to produce anymore. It's bad for the environment. And the Russians are like, well, if you're not going to do it, we're going to do it. We'll do it for you. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. Right, so I'm going to go check that out. That sounds fun. And now that's a that's a listener media pick. Gotta love that. Yeah. Now, uh, the next one is long and I don't think I've read it. Uh, Sean Dandrea. Pretty good. I'm going to give yeah. you that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Model X Leasing. Hello, great podcast. Thanks for taking the time putting it together. Very helpful for those of us that are considering driving in, into the Tesla universe. Uh, also a long-time MRAP subscriber. Thank you very much. That's my medical podcast thing. So she asks all about towing a camper, or I guess it's called a caravan. Yes. Yeah, behind her Model X. And I thought none of us have done this. Nope. No. I don't have a Model X to do it with. And nor do you have any towing hitches, do you? I don't have a Model X. So I have a towing hitch on my truck. Okay. I mean, I do. Yeah. Well, I was thinking back, you know, again, like, I don't know, 75 shows ago, mm-hmm. Rolf and Silky. Oh, yes, Rolf. Rolf, Rolf and Silky, Silky. Yeah. and the dog was named. Oh, and so they remember. drove across <laughs> Canada, across the Trans-Canadian Highway in their X, towing like I think it was like a it wasn't a Gulf Stream, but it was a small camper, and they were doing it with uh, vigor and sharing the EV experience with all these folks. There were some interesting, ex- like uh, almost ran out of energy because there were there still isn't a supercharger highway assembled. It's getting close. And so I would look back to the episodes with Rolf and Silky. We talked a bit about towing and camping. There's a fellow, Nico, we talked to, mm-hmm. who's doing uh, Tesla van life. And you could go to Tesla X Canada and read their story there. Tesla X Canada. Canada. And Bjorn uh, has done a series of videos about him using uh, his X to pull campers and how much energy it uses and all that stuff. So yeah, and a lot how of to, useful information. And even like how to back up, how to reconnect, because when you go to the supercharger, you have to disconnect from your camper. It's interesting. It's exciting. I encourage you to have a great time. And then she wanted to know about leasing, Mel, and doesn't leasing make more sense because they're changing the cars all the time? So this is like the great debate, right? So I've got a friend and they're getting a Model 3 and they're getting a lease. And it was for the first time it really hit me because it says, and they specifically said, it says here, I can't buy this at the end and um, because they want to put it on the Tesla network. Is this Tesla network real? Anyway, so the upsides to leasing is generally you pay less per month. Mm-hmm. And usually you get a choice to buy it at the end. But with Model 3 now, you don't. So any equity you've sort of built up on that lease is bye-bye, is gone. And less down payment. But but what it does, it gives you fixed transportation costs, right? You know yeah. what it costs for you to transport yourself from point A to point B during the term of that lease. And that's for that kind of specificity and budgeting is, is important for a lot of people. When you leased your Carmel, were you obligated to do the yearly service or did they not care uh don't know okay and that the other thing no apparently <laughs> yeah evidently not because if they're not really 
forcing you to do all that, then then it it's pretty cheap because you don't have to service the car. You barely have to pay for any fuel. I mean, it's a lot cheaper. You just it's, never get to the point where you don't have a car yeah, payment. That's right? right. That's the only difference. Right. Long-term leasing is by far the most expensive way to own a car, um, even though your monthly payment is less. Like Tom says, if you once you pay off your car, then if you keep it for another 10 years, it's a very inexpensive way to keep a car. Right. And with a 400,000 range or the, the upcoming threes will have a – million miles of range. No, the ones now, I believe, have a million miles of range. I don't think it's the upcoming ones. I think it was that first initial batch. But these ones, because these are the cars and the platforms they want to use for the semi. That's the drivetrain for a million, but the battery is not going to be a million until something else happens. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. And as well, the air conditioning unit, the experience from Test Loop, is that the air conditioning units will not last all that long. They're they're about three, two to three grand each and they wear out if you use them a lot. So yeah. if you're driving, you know, as much as they do, every couple of years they're buying a new air conditioning. My car unit. really smells right now. So I'm hoping in my service I get a filter replaced. And I was looking at how to replace the filters myself. Oh my God, they buried that thing in a Model 3. It is in a very tough spot to get to hmm. for the user. It's not user serviceable, in my opinion. So lease versus buy. The other thing is. And this happens all the time with Teslas, and we talk about it all the time. As soon as you get your Tesla, a week later, there's going to be a price increase or a price drop. They're going to add some stuff. So um, it can be frustrating if you think that uh, you're not going to want the new thing that comes. There's always going to be a new thing. Even when hardware 3 starts coming out, then there'll be hardware 3.5, and you'll be like, I want that. So um, Leasing does help that in that every three years you can get the newest version, you can get the newest version. The other thing to do, I guess, is you can buy it and then sell it every couple of years when it gets to a threshold amount of changes that you're like, I want a new one. The the resale price on Tesla so far has been pretty spectacular. So it might actually work out in your favor to buy and then sell, but who knows what happens in the future. Or if in the future they do allow you to put your private car on their Tesla network and it actually exists, then maybe you could actually make a little a little extra money on it that you weren't expecting potentially and buy a new car. And we're, we're talking about this Tesla network and the idea that you cannot keep your leased car, assuming that everything Tesla says on day one mm-hmm. remains exactly what Tesla does on day 1000. Yeah, I mean, it will be interesting to see like when these two year, is it a two year lease, Mel? Three year. So when this three year lease is up and theoretically the Tesla network is working, if it's not working and they have 100,000 cars that they're saying you can't buy, where are they going to keep them until the network is up, right? Yeah. They'll just sell them. Lastly, like, change their minds. Never mind. You can buy it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Lastly, the lease limits. So the last I checked, it was 15,000 miles per year was your limit on the number of miles you could drive. And after that, they charge you for the extra miles. If they really do or not, I don't know. Again, do they enforce the rules or not? But for me, I drive more than 15,000 miles a year, so I'm not leasing. Yeah, you can buy those point. miles up front sometimes when you make the lease deal. You can say, hey, I drive 20,000, so they'll just make you pay up front. Or you can work that in. You can do the math and figure out if it still makes sense for you financially. That's an off-the-website sort of uh, deal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think most of the time, whenever – I've gone into car dealers and they ask you if it's a if you want to do a lease versus a purchase. They'll give you some mileage options, 10,000, 12,000, 15,000. You get a different monthly cost based on the miles you think you're going to need. Yeah, and the standard on the Model 3 is 10,000 um and they don't really show 12 or 15, but if you go to the website via the X, 
an X S and X leasing, they have 10, 12, and 15. So mm, give some options. I uh, don't know if they're going to offer higher mileage on the three. I assume they would. But anyway, uh, so that's that. Now, the next one is from Owen Morgan, who said, uh, awesome idea that you got the electric mower and the leaf blower. And I'm thinking that you probably should buy a couple extra batteries if uh, your friend there is working all day. Got one coming in the mail, actually coming on Friday, another big uh, battery for him. But I was thinking about this. So how long, do you know how long it takes to charge it? So you said the thing works like for three hours on a charge, something like that currently? Um, well, he's going to get back to me with all the testing, but we have a pretty big lawn in the front and the back, which we're going to tear out apparently mm-hmm. because it's really bad. <laughs> and he did that with one battery, no problem. So that was probably 45 minutes of time. Right, right but I wonder if like, so let's say he shows up at the, the place after yours, right? Or he's he mows your lawn and then cleans up and does all the sweeping. But while he's doing that, he plugs into an outlet and can sort of charge that mower in his off time. It might take a minute to find an outlet or mm-hmm. whatever, but he'll learn that as he gets through his route. And then he shows up at the next place and plugs it in while he's doing the other work and then mows the lawn and then plugs it back in and does the cleanup. Like my guess is he could probably set up a system in which he wouldn't need an additional battery if he was really cognizant about sort of plugging in at the places he was working on. And as Owen Morgan said, wouldn't it be nice if while he's at your house working on your lawn mm-hmm. and or your California Xeriscaped garden Thank you. that he can actually plug his truck in as well? Yeah. Wouldn't that be unbelievable? Well, but if he had, and if he could plug his truck in and then he could get to the job site, he could basically have the lawnmower. If he had a Rivian, he could have it plugged in from driving from site to site and then not have to necessarily worry about that. Yeah, and he said that would be the next logical step, the electric truck, but I'm not suggesting you buy that. Thank you, because that gets expensive. Yeah, don't buy him an electric truck. (laughs) But you could buy me one and we'll do testing and talk about it on the show. It'll be a write-off. My wife and I have talked about this. um, You remember back at... Tom's and I, our kids went to uh, school together back in the day, back in middle school and Mm -hmm. stuff. And the school, and you were on the board, was going to have this green gardener. This gardener was going to come and do all this. That never happened. (laughs) But this is what we were talking about. Like some entrepreneurial gardener who has multiple uh, trucks and people, if they put a thing on the side of their van that said, green gardener, we use electric lawns and we use electric mowers and we do all this stuff. Solar charging. Solar charge our stuff. There's a whole bunch of us that would go, I'll pay for that, and I'll pay a little extra for that, Gardner, because Mm -hmm. I don't want to use two-stroke motors. So that's really where I want to go with this. If this works, um, there's another Gardner that does the studio and does a lot of stuff around here, very entrepreneurial guy, and be like, let's have a chat, because I think I could explode your business with a little bit of help here. Imagine you you have a million dollars in capital or $2 million in capital. You buy five Rivions for your fleet. You put up a giant solar array at your place. Yes. You plug them in overnight. All of your stuff is electric. And so you just go out every day and you're all solar green powered and you're still mowing people's Lawns. Love it, man. You're just dreaming big. But oh, here's cool. a better idea. Oh, oh that's better not a idea. good idea. Mal, no, that's a great oh, okay. idea. Thank you. Mal, you've you got some folks that work with you that do beautiful yes. websites and yes. such. Yeah. Well, I'd say we maybe put together a Kickstarter so that we can create the template for the solar gardener. Oh. And have a website. Put on it, how does these various lawn mowers, electric lawn mowers, electric leaf blowers, electric chainsaws, how do they compare, like, maybe... Pull something from Consumer Reports if they've done it. If not, lobby them to do it. How much, how well do they last, etc. And what is the business model? Here, let me put this out there to you, Mr. 
or Ms. Gardner, who's out there in Omaha, Nebraska, considering this, Mm -hmm. go to this website. It has the details on it. Maybe some of our listeners can help construct the details that will go into the website that say you need to invest this many dollars in the electrical equipment. You need to have this many extra batteries. Mm -hmm. This is the process we use when we go to a a residence. We either find a plug or don't have a plug. We charge, we rotate, we do this. And this is how you... And here is a... A label that you can buy from us that mm-hmm. says big green thing you put on the side of your trucks. Yeah. We are a solar gardener. And at the bottom, it can say the yeah. Fulibu Gardening Network. Yeah, and the big like industrial landscape companies could easily do this investment and probably would, if they did the math, would make sense overnight to invest in these electric trucks they, because they have these big contracts with the right. city and And they and probably state wouldn't do it, though, unless the cities and the state governments were willing to pay yeah. the extra but money I could see California to fund it. mandating it as part of the contract, Well, then right? the, the Fulibu Gardening Network could also have on their yeah. petition drive for yeah. your local state representatives Mm -hmm. to push them to create a law. Oh, wait, here's the law. It's already been written. It's on our website to go into your state legislature to say, hey, if you want to run a a gardening in our busy, polluted urban centers, you need to do it this way. It seems that I've gone from giving my gardener an electric lawnmower (laughs) to becoming governor of the state. (laughs) How did that happen? I don't you can become governor of the state, too, even though you were foreign-born. Yeah, Arnold was governor. He's mm-hmm. from not here yeah. in here. Oh, the governor yeah. of Utah, I believe, shares your last name, Gary Herbert. Ooh. Really? Yes. Hello. Um, all of these things I have thought about, um, the next step in this little experiment is just to uh, see how these wear and how what's the work sort of uh, – does it work? And then, yeah, the idea is to actually scale this up and see how far we can go and look at the cost – the cost to run things versus the cost of initially buy it. Because for a lot of the gardeners around here, capital is a big issue. Yeah, yeah. They don't have, you know, 10 grand in the bank to start this. But maybe with a little help, maybe this is a thing. It's a small business. Typically, it's run by a little mom and pop thing. And it's a guy just like making a great living or a living doing, you know, a service to the thing. But there are these big landscape companies that provide the landscaping for Warner Center. That's a big company, and they have a lot of trucks you that come that and do might, all that They must that sit stuff. around and do the math on this kind of stuff. Well, like, but I think the thing is right now is the truck doesn't exist, right? Like, that's the Rivian, thing. The truck does not exist. Rivian could be, and Tesla, yeah. uh, could really change this sort of situation that we're talking about. Really yeah. could. If the, if the numbers work out, we might start seeing... The yeah. green gardener and the green trucking But if you groups. also think about gardening, right, they have the blower, the trimmer, all of these things, maintenance on the motors on all of those things is, is astronomical and, and, and adds up over the years, right? You have to do the oil and the gas and you have to carry all of that stuff so there's additional weight. So my guess is, again, if you did the math, how many lawns and this and that and the other thing, it's like, yes, there's this capital investment, but in the long run, you're probably looking good. One more important page on that website you're creating, Mel, yes, is to well, sh- Governor, yes. is to show how much CO2 and particulate material come from these two-stroke engines. Yeah. We know, and we've talked about this in the past, Terrible. running a pickup truck for 10 hours is as equivalent to running one of these devices for an hour. It's crazy. And we know municipalities are into electrical uh, buses, right? They, they know that there's cost effectiveness there. So then mm-hmm. they can definitely mandate this for all city and state sort of uh, public works landscaping. All they need is someone to lead the way. You know, that's what Margaret Mead said uh, about these giant changes occur because just a few people have an idea and follow through on it. Yeah. 
That's how every major social change has ever occurred, just by a few mm-hmm. people. Maybe in this room, we've changed the entire gardening universe. Dun, 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 dun. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this was Talking Tesla. Good show. We do two big shows, this one and one behind the patron wall, mm-hmm. because uh, we need some cash. So, so if you want to get another one of these in a couple of weeks, uh, be a patron. Go to Patreon. Sign up. Send us $2 a also, month. Also what? Gentlemen, I raise my glass to you. Happy fourth anniversary show. Oh, Woo-hoo! fourth anniversary. Congratulations. Woo! been four years old. A lot of we good times. We like four year olds. <laughs> Not quite. Um, but so it's been a good run. We thank all the listeners out there yes. for listening for so many years and supporting I'm us. Sorry, and really? being <laughs> And being part of this ride and this journey that we're on together. So hopefully we'll have another four years at least together. Four more years. Four more, four more years. years. So, you know, our four-year anniversary, the official four-year anniversary, traditional, is fruit or flowers, linen or silk. Ooh. Oh, lovely. But the modern... I have some lint in my pocket. I'm, I'm willing <laughs> my to give belly button. No, the modern it? gift theme, and this is from Google. Are you ready? Hey, Google. I have a reminder for Mel. Turn the air conditioner off, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that is one of the the modern four-year anniversary gifts are electrical appliances. Ooh. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I've gotten, for you, everybody. I've gotten you a laptop, Mel. <laughs> oh, thank you. Hey, ladies and boys and girls, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Elon Daly will be back up on Monday as well. Actually, this might be the Monday show. Then I'll have Monday off. Woo-hoo. Love you. What the what? what? Mean it. Herbert out. Bye. Bye. Robert, Tom. Nobody cares about you guys. Laney 9300. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Robert 3177. <laughs>